The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the new nasty boys i'm your co-host this morning afternoon evening whenever you decide to watch or listen to this thing billy devore and sitting next to me is billy's co-host chris weir whenever he's here i'll be here he's billy i'm chris weir <laughs> that's how it works you're there we're here i'm gonna do this ah damn i did it again i moved way it. too far away stop mm. got it course correction early we mm. did it See, it's all just about microphone placement. You know, it's about where it is and not how you use it, right? Yeah, it just it doesn't matter if you're a little tilted to the sideways to start off with. Yeah, some some people like their mic to have a little curve to it. Mm-hmm. It's totally natural. Very natural. Some some people have shorter mics than others, but they still catch the same sounds. Yeah, but always make sure you cover the tip. <laughs> Because you never know what could happen. You could uh, have your life ruined by a little microphone. Yeah, you could pop your peas. <laughs> pop your peas, baby. Mm. How are you? Pretty good, yeah. uh, all things considered. Uh, had a fun week. Had some fun shows. Did a uh, Don't Tell show. I'm not sure if... I mean, we've probably talked about one of those. It's kind of like a pop-up show. They had it in OTR, which is in Cincinnati. It was really fun at a place called Spaces. Like, uh, they had like office spaces yeah. where you're supposed to rent. It was pretty cool, like a modern, more hip sort of spot. So they had like funky little, uh, you know, like arcade games, old school stuff. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a good show. And then uh, Commonwealth Sanctuary, which is a new comedy club in Dayton, Kentucky. Also a fun spot in an it's old great. church. It's great. Yeah. Cool little uh, venue. Yeah, it's fun to say swears in a church. It really, and you feel so like empowered to do it. You <laughs> yeah. know, and it just makes like all your religious jokes just seem like that one more sort of like fun. And, you know, <laughs> we're doing it in a church. Ooh, shit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was good. So it's always cool to look back and you're like on the the stage or what, what is that called? The church? It's called. Um, oh, I know you're talking. Ta- well, the tabernacle's up there. Mm-hmm. Altar. Altar. That's mm-hmm. it. You're on it, and then uh, you just say fuck, and then you look back, and there's three different beer taps. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah. Oh, they got Bavarian ales here. This <laughs> fucking old church. <laughs> ah, this place is also a meadery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true, true Roman Catholicism. They did right have there. some good beers on tap. I they got a, a dogfish head there. I was Ooh, like, I was like, shit, you got that on tap? Yeah, Ooh. fuck yeah. So that's pretty fun. And they got some like nice snacks there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they do. They got those little like deli sammies. Yeah, I had the guacamole, but I was like surprised looking at their menu. I was like, oh, you guys keep all this shit here? That's great. Yeah, like, yeah we got fridges. Yeah, give me some fucking guac. Give us some guac. Oh, it's not brown. Because like the worst thing, that the thing you don't ever eat from like a comedy club is anything that's green or is green. Yeah, it just, uh, they don't last well and people tend to not eat them. So they'll sit in the back of fridges. So. For a long time. This mm-hmm. is coming from someone who cooked in a comedy club kitchen for a long time. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just stick to the fried food. But... Unless you're going to Commonwealth Sanctuary, then you get the guac. 
Yeah, because I think they do actually have a, a catering place where they get their food from. So yes. it's like uh, in more of like I guess city area of Dayton, like more closer uh, buildings and shit. And they got I think they got like a catering spot. Makes sense. Yeah. So. They don't fresh. sponsor us at all, by the way. No, so we are, you know, anchoring for it. There, we're jacking <laughs> for the position. We're ja we're, ja we're jockey, baby. Yeah, we're going at you. We're gonna we're gonna make this into a real and tag you. So mm. then you feel bad if you uh, don't book us again soon. Mm -hmm. Feel real bad. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun time. That's awesome, man. Yeah. What about you? I had a good week. I went out Friday evening, hung out with some buddies from out of town. I haven't seen in a minute. Uh, went bar hopped a little bit, then really just took it easy Saturday and Sunday. Yeah? Took it real easy and wasn't feeling too great. So I was like, you know what? As much as I've been pushing myself and doing stuff, I am cool with just staying at home. Dude, yeah, I feel you in that because I was going to go out Saturday night. I had my jeans on. I was like, you're going to do this. You're going to go out. And then I just feel myself just like sitting on the couch being like, no. <laughs> But it was good. I mean, I got to chill. You know, you get to do that. You don't have to feel obligated to go out every night. No, you. You know what? You were just like Homer in the bushes. You yeah. had your jeans, and you went back in, and you came back out with like your PJs on. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, yeah, I'm chilling. That's. That's nice. It's always nice to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was just scrolling and found out there's some new big green egg accessories. Sorry, egg accessories. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have a rotisserie I can get for my big green egg now. Oh okay. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. You know what's not awesome? What's that? The price. $330. $330 for something you put a, ro a, a tiny chicken in? Correct. So the thing that, so the same technology you see like at a Target or like a Walmart that where you just walk around like a little, you know, those kiosks of chicken that they have spinning for $330, you can have that. At home. <laughs> yeah. You'd be a fool not to take it. Couldn't agree more. Ordered yeah. three of them. Nice. <laughs> no need, just three. That's my boy. That's it, baby. I was like, oh, I could. I Give could... me a baker's dozen of those little eggs. <laughs> oh, then I could stack them and see oh, where this you... all goes. Oh, my God. You can make like a monster chicken. Oh, dude. It holds up to 55 pounds. So I was like, I could do like two turkeys. How, how big is it? It's the size of the egg, which is, you know, my cooking space is pretty big. It's more than I could put my arms around. Oh man, that's bigger than I thought. And then it could be, it would be in the middle, and it's a giant spit, and it spins. Oh man. So it's motorized. Yeah, it's it was cool. Okay. And so on Saturday, I was just like on my couch watching the FCC game and on YouTube, like watching people make rotisserie chickens. <laughs> Living the life. Just like drool coming out the side of my mouth, like oh, oh, Lucia Costa, go! I'm not watching this. <laughs> it's vegetables, I swear. <laughs> Alicia's like, why are you moaning? <laughs> I was like, no, it's porn, I promise. <laughs> it's not It's not cooking videos at all. I'm talking to somebody else. I'm, I'm cheating on you. And she's like, what? I'm like, chicken! <laughs> uh, that, uh, that was, yeah, man. That, and then uh, there is a thing I'm getting. It's a wedge for my egg to yeah. turn it into a true pizza oven. So, and that's only like 50 bucks, so. Okay. So then, because I've tried to make smoked Detroit-style pizza. The problem has been getting enough air in and the wedge will let me keep getting air in while also having the deflector plate so I don't burn the bottom of the pan. This is a baseball podcast. Don't get me started on the wedge <laughs> plate, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. There's one thing that's wedged in my heart. What's that? And it's split into two. An artery? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. You know, we, gotta, we gotta talk about it. Uh -huh. Joey Votto went on the injured list again. Yep, yeah, he did. And I'm, he's, I'm wearing him, okay? 
I'm a, I love him. We both love Joey Votto so much. This is Joey Votto's t-shirt. He gave it to me. He did. Yeah, I remember. He went to Yellowstone. He says, hey, I don't need this anymore. And I was like, oh my. I mean, I'll wear it. <laughs> Whatever, it. Joey. Yeah, sure. He was like, I was just going to tag it on Instagram and see if people would find it. And I was he's like, don't, don't take the bother. Yeah, I was like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't go through the trouble. I already stopped at your house. I already broke in. It's fine. <laughs> I already smelled every sock in your sock drawer. <laughs> yeah, I can smell your shirts. It's fine. <laughs> I can smell them from here. I, yeah, I actually knew you were coming. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> just from just from you know scent is the strongest memory. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I got a shirt. It's pretty cool. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> it was a really cool gift from from the goat. Um, but he went on the injured list with shoulder weakness. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. Yeah, uh, the very tail end of the season, so that's not good. Also coupled with uh, all the other uh, injuries we're about ready to talk about. But yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it is just uh, maybe him needing a little time off to have that build back up. Uh, you know, uh, and he comes back here soon and can play out the rest of the season. Hopefully for when Reds make a surge. For a playoff spot here, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, when you look at the full month that he played, August second through August twenty third, one ninety two seventy seven four fourteen with an OPS of six ninety one. Yikes! Mm-hmm. But you look and go, all right, four home runs, a double. Okay, there's some power, but then you look a little bit later. Yeah, and you can see when it happened. When it started to really happen and the decline was there, it was August 8th through the 23rd. One double, no homers, two ribbies, four walks, two 12 strikeouts, which does not sound like Joseph Daniel Votto. Right. 189, 286, 216. Fucking yikes. Yeah, even though he has kind of sacrificed a bit more of his on base for power, I mean, this is completely... You can tell this is probably right around the time there was an issue going on with his shoulder. So, I mean, that's unfortunate, but yeah, that's that tracks. That totally tracks. Like when you are saying, like, you're, ah, it's weaker, it's just that means you haven't healed right. Yeah. He came back too quick because he wanted to come up, come up and play with the boys, mm-hmm. hit some dangers, knew, like, this is what I can do. This is my max, is being able yeah. to try and get up, get some lift, elevate. That's what this shoulder can handle. I can't go down into the strike zone and and dig like he used to. He can't go right. out and just slap. And so what you get is what has happened. It sucks. But do you think he's done for the year? I hope not. This could just be a situation where, like, hey, this is more of it's. It's not like a chronic situation. It's more of like a stamina issue. Like it's been a while since his body has uh, been healthy enough to like go this long in a season. So maybe just needs a couple weeks off to rejuvenate and come back to you know close to you know hundred. Hope you know I'd go for ninety percent, <laughs> Joey. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could be if this is uh, if he's not healthy enough to return after, you know, as expected time back here. So yeah, and he's turning forty in a week, which is also <laughs> it's like your body doesn't heal the same. I, I really hope uh, because before this he was doing uh, well. I mean, besides you know before August he was showing signs of being you know Vado uh, plus extra strength that we weren't you know accustomed to seeing normally uh so maybe he does go on the il for a bit and come back healthy but if there is an issue how likely is it for someone turning 40 to come back it's not you know father time comes for everybody right he's he's lurking dude yeah and even though he did look 
you know, good and healthy uh, just recently, it, it's difficult to come back after com- compounding injuries. Yeah. So. And certain major surgery that you rush from. So it's like, I hope that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to say, overall, we have said this throughout his, like, throughout the latter half of his career. It's like, I hope we're wrong. Yeah. And right now, hope is turning into, man, I think, I think it might be, it might be it. It's just, because it, it's just, he, he did, when you watch him swing, it doesn't look like the same dude. No, uh, it doesn't. Again, he did kind of sacrifice a bit of, uh, you know, average for power. But even the swings where, you know, he's expecting fastball and swinging for it, it's just like it didn't look like the same person. No. So it, it seems like something that might have been plaguing him even before August, something he's just been, like, playing through. And maybe this is just now it's it's crept up to him mm-hmm. to the point where he's like, you know, hey, I, I have to do something here because yeah. I'm not helping the team. Yep. I'm only – I am hunting three parts of the plate. They're all up and one pitch. This is my maximum. Yeah. The rest I'm striking out or I'm going to walk. Um, so Something that I know I'm right about. Yep. Forgot to plug this at the top. Mm-hmm. Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Binsky's Bar. Live, new, nasty boys podcast recording. It's going to be awesome. We have... Sky Rosa Molort Luges. Mm-hmm. I don't think those three words have ever been uttered outside of this podcast. No, it's about to get nasty. It's going to get real <laughs> nasty. Also, we have made a little tweak to the Cincinnati handshake. Oh, yeah, what's that? You ready for it? No more punches involved? No more punches. Okay, just, I'll see. Just. Yeah, does it spit? Oh, (laughs) old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. Lots of maraschino cherries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, No, here it is. Kyle Kyle made a shift, and I agree with the call here. All right. You get a pint of Hootie Delight, Mm -hmm. and then a shot of Baron Jaeger. It's a honey liqueur. Okay. Hot sauce in it. What type of hot sauce are we doing here? We're just doing, like, Frank's. Franks? I could do Franks. It's not like we're going to do like a Carolina Reaper or something. Well, I was trying to think of something that could be, I mean, if it's like garnished with like uh, a Grippo's dust. Ooh, a Grippo dust rim. Yeah. That would be delicious. Mm-hmm. What else you got there? Um, come back to me later. I think the, the Grippo's <laughs> dust rim could be really good. Um, if you want to get crazy, you can put like a straw with like some get on top there, you know? <laughs> Uh, like a, a Bloody Mary. Yeah. But no, I think the, the Grippo's Dust seems like the most feasible, right? I have a lot of Grippo's Dust. I know. I look like a guy who has it. <laughs> yeah. It's because I do. Yeah. I got a, I got like a, a Batman <laughs> artillery belt. <laughs> what? Well, well, I have an Here's in. some cayenne. <laughs> some Grippo's Dust. <laughs> Anti-shark spray. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's because I got a hookup at the, the Grippo's Dust factory, baby. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I got like what looks like a. It came to me in a, like a brick, like a kilo of yeah. cocaine. I just cut it off and then like you actually hit it in a real kilo of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like throwing away the cocaine. <laughs> like, I just want the grip of get this just. fucking mule out of here. <laughs> oh, see, and uh, I just get to the grippos dust. I'm like, oh, that's pure, <laughs> pure Columbus, pure MSG. <laughs> Oh, there's the drip. 
But yeah, uh, that would be delicious. Uh, Danny Rocket from the San Ranto podcast. Uh, and also the Bleacher Bum Band going to join us because mm-hmm. this is a combo thing because the Cubs are in town for a four spot. They're excited and we're scared. We'll get to the scared part. But uh, he's going to come in, pop on the pod with us mm-hmm. and play a few songs from the Bleacher Bum Band. Probably like half an hour. You know, all that fun yeah. stuff. Um, and then, uh, oh, we're going to have In the Clutch gift cards. We're going to do some giveaways and shit. Tight. And exclusive new Nasty Boys merch that you will only be able to get at this event, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. They're going to stop making t-shirts, period, after this. <laughs> no more shirts. We're done. These yeah. will only be available at the live recording until we have leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about shirts in general. <laughs> I mean, no more Macy's, no more shopping malls. <laughs> yeah, no more kids in factories making looms and looms of cotton. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can have uh, some shirts, but yeah, that'll be fun. Some we got some merch coming up here. Yeah, so come, so definitely one thirty. It's free. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I I mention this and forget to mention free because you know what? Quality entertainment should just be given to the people. Mm-hmm. So come on in, get a Sky Rosa, Malort Luge, get a Cincy hand job, get a Chicago handshake, and come hang out. Yeah, come tell a friend, hang out, drink uh, some alcohol with us, and uh, have some laughs over some baseball games. Yeah, and hopefully we won't black out by five. Yeah, I know. It'll be a tough thing, but uh, what are you going to do? Long weekend, so mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. That'll just, that's just double Friday. Yeah. That's what Saturday is. Mm-hmm. Double, double Friday. Double Friday. <laughs> so, uh, our red legs, boy howdy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Our red legs, our boys. Look, they took, they swept the Angels, which you know, pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Uh, and then they took one out of four from the Snakes. Not cool. Big bummer. Huge bummer. Mm. But as we approach the end of the month, you know, we have a couple days left. And we won't be back till the start of the next month. We figured it's time to look at the month as a whole. Let's take a look. Let's see. Let's see why we're slumping. Let's see what's happening. Let's really dig into the numbers. Let's get in here. We took a deep dive. You could call us Chilean miners. That's how deep we were in these numbers. We're in there. It's moist. <laughs> it's moist. We put on our hard hats and we were calling for help. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the offense. This was what was so surprising when I took that long, deep look mm. into fan graphs and baseball reference. The Reds' offense overall in baseball, if you had to guess for the month of August, where would they be? Man, I'm looking at it, but I didn't think it'd be this bad. 25th. Mm-hmm. There were only five teams worse at offense than the Reds for the month of August. I was completely shocked when I saw this. They were 29th in strikeouts. One team was worse than them in strikeouts. Who was that? I don't even. I think it was the Rockies. I didn't yeah. want to look. I mean, I just saw. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't matter. Especially when you're in a playoff chase, it does. And you see the team below you, and then you see a lot of teams above you. You're like, well, that's not good, huh? Yeah, man, it's just going around like a, a disease right now. Like every, everyone's slumping at the same time. It seems like or getting hurt. Yeah, hurt, hurt, slump, and then combined with youth and t- being tired. 
Um, which that's that's sometimes what happens when you got a lot of young guys that came up. It's their first first year, mm-hmm. and they're in the middle of their like fiftieth or sixtieth game or ninetieth or a hundredth game. Um, they were twenty fifth in weighted runs created plus. So little no little to no run production. Only five teams worse than them again. Right. Twenty third in on base percentage. Twenty fifth in WAR. 15th in slugging, which surprised me. So, literally middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one good stat here. Second in stolen bases. That's pretty wild, considering the lack of offensive production they had. So, I mean, the bases that they are stealing, I mean, they're efficient, you know, seemingly from those numbers. But, my goodness, how can you, you can't advance or even win series with these uh, sorts of numbers here. No. So that is uh, shocking. I mean, I know they've been playing bad, but I know it's been uh, this lopsided as far as other production. Yeah, I, I didn't expect this either. I was kind of thinking that in, they would be a little higher in on-base percentage with how patient they've been. But then I dug a little deeper, and I was like, oh, no, they have started to strike out more, obviously, when your K rate is, you know, there's one team worse than you. Um And that was also like a fall off from a few guys. And especially when you lost uh, Rake Fraley, who was very patient at the plate for the month. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I looked at it even deeper and started looking at individuals, and there is one common theme here that Mm -hmm. we'll get to for the close, but overall, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he has 34 strikeouts to six walks. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> 24 games in August. Yeah, uh, you know, strikeouts are going to be an issue with, like, younger players here. Uh, we are holding up to very high standards, especially considering they're in a playoff hunt right now. But, I mean, that's something that uh, is just a, a disaster. <laughs> well, we also knew that was going to come with him. Yeah. And and it started showing its head a little earlier than anticipated. Yeah. Which is which is again, this is a stretch between games fourteen to thirty-seven mm-hmm. of his big league career. Yeah, so we've seen him have better and better at bats. Like he's been having going mm-hmm. deeper into counts. He has been looking a bit more uh protective at the plate or having a better understanding of the zone. So I will say even his outs have been looking better. So yeah. he's been making advancements here. Still a rookie, still very early on in his major league career here. Yeah. But yeah, it is something that's uh pretty blatant that he and others are striking out at a very high clip. A crazy high clip. Uh, Matt McLean, 32 strikeouts to seven walks. But for his month, I mean, okay, so for CES, his month was 230, 309, and then slugging 356. Those aren't um, good. <laughs> Especially when you have a guy that you bring him up for power mm-hmm. and he only hits three homers for the month. And his OPS is 666, which is below, well below league average. With a, if you were to take his WAR and then take this stretch and push it throughout the whole and have it for a whole season, it's minus 2.4. Yeah, it feels like we're still waiting for him to have that big breakout game, breakout week. He's had you know a handful of like big moments that walk off homer last yep. week. That was huge, but yeah, he still hasn't. Uh, perform much above his floor at this point. Like uh, that, yeah. that's probably maybe a little bit too harsh, but because uh, he is, I do see him like creeping, you know, in the right direction. But yeah, he is 
been struggling as of late. Of course. You're absolutely right. Combine that with Joey Votto. Mm -hmm. Those numbers with Joey Votto, those are your two everyday first basemen. Yeah, in a position that you need to have really high numbers out of when it's not really that much of a high-stress fielding spot, you would hope the two that are going to also flip-flop DH are going to have, you know, bigger numbers. You sacrifice maybe a little bit of defense for higher offense, you know, in terms of productivity, and it is just bad, you know, yeah. offensively and, you know, defense isn't, you know, outstanding. No, so. it's bad. I mean, you either have someone that's hitting for high average on high on base percentage or they're hitting dingers, and you're getting literally none of that. Right. It sucks. <laughs> like, it just sucks. It's like, okay, so that's one position off the board. Then you move across to second, and again, Matt McClain isn't having a horrible he didn't have a horrible month he didn't have a great month he had a pretty average month the only thing lacking was his on base percentage with his 32 strikeouts to seven walks 263 314 463 with an OPS of 777 which puts him barely above league average but uh, with him if you were to take that stretch which I think this is very unfair to do mm. thinking about what he did this, what he has done so far this season, negative uh, two WPA, which that's a little flawed for, like I said, with what he's been doing since May. Um, but but yet again, five homers, and mm -hmm. I think that leads the team for the month. Yeah, um, he has been playing. You know, the five homers that's great, but in every other like category, offense and defense, he's played noticeably not like himself. Mm -hmm. He's had some really uh, untimely booted balls, which you just never see that. I mean, I, I say never, but he's still brand new to the Reds organization. But, you know, from the time that we have seen him, you just don't see him make some of those errors. No. You know, and then uh, offensively, he's been striking out more. He's uh, lost a little bit of the zone. I will say he still gets, you know, some bad calls at times, especially on like the outer part of the zone. But, you know, we were just talking before, he's also getting beat inside like a bit. And is that also maybe a product of his oblique injury? Bingo. Great lead in, bud, because he's on that 10-day IL. It makes me wonder how long he's been dealing with that. Yeah. Um, and if you tracked it back like you did with Fado, you could potentially like pinpoint that of where like okay this is where the drop off begins now is this more of like an injury injury where it was like something happened in a you know a moment of play or is this something where it was just you know over the course of time it's kind of worn down a bit again you know he hasn't played this is the longest you know that he's played he's gone past the threshold like a lot of other players are right now that they haven't gone through before so sure yeah. He might just need these 10 days. He comes back and he's back to be, he's back to being Matty Ice. Yeah, it could be. And that is what we expect considering that he's only this is game 89 for him in the majors. Yeah, and, and my boy's got some tight obliques, all oh. right? They ain't injured, all right? He just needs a breather. <laughs> he just needs quick breather. He just needs quick breather. Yeah. Ellie Day LaCruz. Mm-hmm. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, man. It just seems like he's abandoning like just any sort. He was like, dude, I'm just swinging. That's just, that's what's <laughs> happening. I'm going to swing. That's what he's always done. Yeah. That's what, he's, that's what he did in the minors. That's yeah. why we're like, people are like, why isn't he up here to start opening day? Well, because he's a free swinging son of a bitch. Yeah. He and that's why I love him. Yeah. 
Um, he, he has had some times where it's like, okay, he's being more patient. This is a bat. He's seen the ball better. He had that, what was it, a, a 10 pitch at bat where he got rung up unfairly. Dude, what a shit call. Yeah, um, he, he's another guy that seems to get like all these horrible calls. I mean, he's got a lot of length to him, but man, it just seems like it's it's frustrating being them sometimes at the plate. I'm sure. Oh, of course. And it's like I also kind of think like when you uh, you know that's game seventy for Ali De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you kind of have to think that the ump might be adjusting to him being there and not working a lot with him, and maybe that's something that comes over the next couple years and then they get replaced by robots. <laughs> They're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Make the robots pay taxes. That's right. I don't want to be replaced by Ump GPT. <laughs> but actually robots should pay taxes. They, I really, should. they absolutely should. <laughs> yeah. With what income? With whatever income they're replacing. <laughs> Seriously, for whatever like job they replace Take hourly what that job would pay and put that, tax that and put that towards. I love that. And who pays that is, it's split between the employer and it's split between the company who made said robot. I can deal with that. Done. We have solved the AI crisis. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Doctor, 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 doctor. Um, but yeah, that, that thing was like four fucking feet out of the zone. Yeah, it was bad. And it shifted the game to where the Reds could have really got some momentum and won that game. Mm-hmm. But instead, they drop another one of them dirty snakes. But but if you look at it, 194, 272, 398, not good. Yeah, you're not going to get rewarded with wins too often when you're putting up these numbers. So Nope. Uh, 39 strikeouts to 10 walks. Yeah, uh, I know we talked about this before with some other players, namely like Billy Hamilton in terms of like getting on base and being able to utilize one of their most uh, productive weapons that they have, uh, and is that's his speed. You know, any walk or single turns automatically into a double. Yeah. You know, if you know everything's going well for him. To be fair, Billy yeah. Hamilton had three full MLB seasons to figure it out. Yep. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is at, yep, 70 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, third base, left field, Spencer Steer, not a bad month. Mm-hmm. 267, 350, 478. You wish you get a little bit more in the slug department, but his OPS, 827. Yeah, I like that with him. It seems like him and Matt McClain don't fluctuate too much as far as like the. Their slumps will be minimal and not long. Sure, agreed. And th- these are those those are two dudes that you looked at them and you went, we know the floor is really high, mm-hmm. but the ceiling's a little lower for for people compared to like Ellie De La Cruz mm-hmm. and Novi Marte. You look at those guys with the raw talent, the skill set that they have. These are just two dudes who are refined and ready to be. Above average ball players. Yeah, they're your steady march guys. They're your pace guys. They're 100%. your pace cars. Yeah, <laughs> your pace car, baby. Put them in the front, let them run around, and then everybody else follows. And you hope that the Ferrari in the back just slaps everybody else. Draft behind the others, shoot around. Shoot it, do it. Baseball podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, like, for sure. 
uh, like you you have gotten what you would expect from these guys consistently, mm -hmm. and what you've asked from Spencer Steer is play third. He's playing second tonight. Oh, <laughs> he's that's played supposedly his uh, natural position, yeah. right? So you've got him. If you've had him first, second, third, left. That is a fucking ball player. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to like uh, cause any sort of stir about it. He just does, you know, is just happy to be there. Yeah, he's just like, I want to play. And they're like, cool, well, you keep hitting. We'll find a place for you to play. Yeah. Uh, TJ Friel has not really bounced back either. Um, he's looked a little bit closer to himself 256, 284, 456 with an OPS of 740. So close close to being average in that department when you mash it all together but this is surprising he had four homers in the month of august yeah i mean he's being productive where he can he's had some nice uh, fielding plays as well uh but yeah he's still not back to being the player that uh we're familiar with and also the guy that you want to have leading off uh this lineup yeah and the dude who's can have who is between a 340 to three oh excuse me 340 to 350 on base percentage guy mm -hmm. 284 is not going to cut it for a guy with his skill set but it is still um not the worst when you look at everybody else and uh will benson Look, 250, 344 on base percentage, and then 375 slugging, one homer for the month, eight walks to 23 Ks. I mean, I think this is with a, yeah, he said, I say he's batting 250. This is a dude, I think this is what he's gonna be. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, if you can have him, if you imagine that Will Benson's still gonna be like your a hole hitter when he's still being one of the more productive guys, I mean, that's, I mean, hopefully the players can fill out to maintain that uh, sort of lineup there. But, I mean, what's this guy got to do to, like, move up sometimes, it feels like? Uh, I mean, hit, I, hit, hit, like, hit. <laughs> hit. I mean, that's the thing. That on-base percentage is sexy. That slugging 375 is abyss. It's not, it's not good. Yeah. If he can hit from a little bit more power, mm -hmm. that I think that's where you're going to find it. I mean, because you can't have your, left, your right fielder be a a, a a lack of power a, a lack of power source yeah uh and i think too they they know where everyone else is going to fill out to be and everyone's just kind of slumping right now so it's hard to really uh you know look at these numbers and justify that with you know the name that's attached to it of course and then behind the dish, Tyler Stevenson, 236, 300, 455, with an OPS of 755. Looking better, mm -hmm. uh, especially against the Snakes with a, you know, a single, a couple doubles. Um, he's, ha he's got three homers for the month. He's looking better at the back end than he did at the beginning of the month. But and so you can see there's a positive upswing, and I'm excited to see where he goes down the stretch because he's the, the guy right here who's got 307 games. Mm -hmm. The most out of the bunch. Yeah, he was a guy that we thought was going to be like one of the big leaders uh, of this clubhouse. And he, he might be uh, when we, you know, what, what we can't hear or see. So in the dugout, he might be a leader. But like offensively and, and defensively, for the most part, he hasn't like stood out and looking at where he's at for you know this month i mean that's kind of where he's been like the whole year with his club so it's kind of hard to tell with him too yeah i agree and, and, and without, Although, 
Although he has seen, we've seen some signs of like sparks of improvement or like he's had some nice power or good at bats, but it's still just like it, it, he just exists in this weird quagmire of like what type of uh, players are going to, you know, come into being. Yeah. And hopefully he closes this month strong so then we kind of have the idea of like, all right, he worked his way back from having the split time between DH first and catching and getting adjusted with having the shoulder, like rehabbing it and getting mm -hmm. back to where it needed to be. And then going to, okay, Votto's back CES or first, then you're just going to be catching, DHing, then losing, DHing, and then just catching and being a true platoon catcher to being mostly now catching two games out of the three behind the dish. So it's, I feel bad not knowing where he is this whole year, so that's kind of probably fucked with him. Sure. You know, it's it'd be nice to walk in and be like, all right, this is what I'm doing. And they've built him. It seems like they waited, they built him built him up to being able to do, you know, two out of the three games behind the dish. And then you'll hit in those spots and he's comfortable. So maybe this stretch shows like, all right, cool. He's got it under control and he's comfortable and he starts hitting. Yeah, I'd love to see that because I think uh, he still has yet to show us uh, the type of player, everyday player that he can be. And so that'd be, this is a great opportunity for him. Uh, these are the uh, series we've got coming up that's really going to show ultimately what ends up coming of this whole season here. Yeah. So this would be a great time for a veteran type player to have a big couple weeks. Speaking of veteran having a big couple weeks, mm -hmm. I didn't ever think this would come out of my mouth. This offense misses Jake Fraley. Yeah, man. A lot. Yeah, and uh, he's supposed to be uh, playing through. He has a, a that broken toe we were talking about. Uh, one of the piggies, not the big piggy. The one that probably had something to do with the market. Uh, That's the one that stayed home. Stayed home. It stayed home. We remember yeah, this time. Yeah. Oink, oink. Oink, oink. Uh, so he's going, he's decided to, because this is a special team, he's going to play through the pain. But he, we have yet to see him since that statement has been made. So what's uh, what's up with that? September 1st. He's got the 29th and 30th down in Oval. Mm -hmm. And he's going to see how he can play on it. It's broken. They're like, it can't get any worse. Yeah. It's not going to get any better. So yeah. they're like, it's all about pain threshold. And he's like, I'm going to come back and play. Yeah, and he seems like a, a hoss cat. So I, I have no, uh, I have all faith that he's, he can play through whatever type of pain. So I guess it's just like trying to figure out, okay, what is the familiar threshold level here? Uh, so I guess he'll play a few games and come up. Yeah, you, you think a Viking would be able to play through. A little stress fracture. Buddy, we're waiting for you. We need you back here. Bring your battle axe. We need you to hit some dangers. Hit some dangers. Twist that toe off. We'll see you at GABP. Yeah, and I got my, I got the mead cup for you. Ready to roll, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. Second mead reference today. Didn't think that was going to happen. It'll happen for a third time, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you bet it, Natalie Wood. Huh? Just, uh, uh, last week, yeah, I know. I really, wa I watched. I was editing it, and I was like, nah, and I was like, you know brain. what? You know what? I was editing last week. I was like, I wish I could have made a couple more. So I got a few sprinkled in here. <laughs> okay, they're they're my mental notes, not these notes. Uh, starting pitching. Um, this is exciting. They're sixth in case per nine. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? When you you know you had Hunter Green out most of the time. Nick Dolo's not been back. It's been carried by Brandon Williamson. It's been carried by Abbott. 
Um, and you've kind of had a hodgepodge with Brett Kennedy. You mm -hmm. let Luke Weaver disappear into the woods yep. and find his find Sasquatch and be signed by the Seattle Mariners. So Crazy. good for him. <laughs> He's out of here. Um, and it, it, it kind of just hodgepodge and do some spot starts. And they're sixth in strikeouts. That's he, impressive. Yeah, I, I'm glad that Ben Lively's back. I like his energy. I think he probably has a good presence uh, within the, the clubhouse. Uh, Graham Ashcraft seems like he's figured out the type of pitcher that he is, knowing when to go after the strikeout, knowing how to get batters out efficiently and not going deep into counts, getting those ground balls. Yeah. How many bats did he saw off like uh, when he started? So many. Yeah, I mean, I think he had two at least in one inning that I saw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's feeling a lot more comfortable with knowing the type of pitcher that he is. Yeah, he's changed the shape of his slider, and I think that was the biggest adjustment, and you mm -hmm. can see it throughout the month. Because um, we didn't ever think he'd be a 7.32K per nine. We thought he would just be, you know, killing it in ground balls. 91.9% uh, .9 of the batters he faced. 91% 90, of, 91, Jesus fucking Christ. 91.9% of runners are left on base when Graham Ashcraft pitched this month. That is what I wanted to get to, and there it is. That's the good news. It's six in K's per nine. Not good news. Last in all of baseballs and homers per nine, but that is expected when you have to pitch at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, and when he gets in trouble, he tends to leave the ball up like a bit. Like we, you know, you said it before, keeping that slider down, and mm -hmm. his cutter has gotten a lot better. It seems like it's it's dropping more as opposed to where it was just kind of just going across the plane. So yeah, uh, a yeah. lot of improvements here. That's great to see, yeah. but it still needs to you know manifest more here and quickly. Yeah, agreed. Twenty fourth in walks per nine, which I blame a lot of that on Luke Weaver. Uh, I blame a fair amount of that on almost uh, everyone, uh, mm. except for uh, Brandon Williamson. 1.91 walks per nine. Um, it, so that's, that's, that stands out. Ashcraft 2.02 walks per nine for the month, which is, you know, way better than where he was earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew Abbott, 3.98. That's got to be uh, a, a high for him. But again, this is a guy who's made, you know, not many starts. So, right. And 22nd in innings pitch. So they aren't eating innings, but that's also because you had spot starts combined with the pen. So that's what happens when you only have like three true starters for the whole month. Brandon Williamson, man, like, talk about turning around. He had three out of his five starts. Sorry. Three, two, yes, Jesus Christ. I can't read a graph right now. I'm telling you. Dude, they're difficult. They're hard. That's a lot of, like, numbers and shit. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. <laughs> there's a ton of them looking at you. I know, and there's percentages and shit. It's it's exhausting. <laughs> Three of his starts out of the four, he only gave up one run or less. His only bad start truly was against Toronto, and we, we saw that happen. He's just woof. They hunted lefties. They took care of business. Um, but overall, man, coming to where he from where he was and where he was at spring training to where he is now and looking at this as, a, as the full month, you have to be thoroughly impressed with what he's done. I think so, and I think he would feel the same about himself. It seems like uh, he's carrying himself a little bit differently. It seems like he's more confident with himself on the mound, and you know it's showing. He's you know, much like Ashcraft, figuring out more of like the type of pitcher that he is. Yeah, control and pitch mix. That's 
it's pretty impressive. So, hell yeah, congratulations. Graham Ash, and that's, you know what's crazy? Is that's career starts 15 through 18. Oh, wow. How, you, you, we, for, we, let's, we forget mm -hmm. how, how, like, this is his first full year in the bigs. Yeah, I mean, it's just super impressive when we take it for granted because it's just all throughout the clubhouse. Of just, it's just everyone is just so young here. Yeah. You see, it's when it all comes together and you look at it for the whole month, you're like, you kind of, we get so caught up in the, I'm going to save that for later because uh, that's, that's, my, that's, that's my crescendo. Uh, Ashcraft, dude, um, he had one, two starts where he gave up two earned runs or less. Well, then he had two, three starts where he had five strikeouts or more. He only gave up, the most runs he gave up in a start was three runs. That's pretty fucking great from your three or potentially four starter. Yeah, and I think, too, like most of these starts have been, well, they've been good, and those runs have come, I think, like mostly off of like, you know, one or two bad pitches. And they've been late. I mean, look at those innings pitched. Eight innings pitched. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Six and two thirds. Mm -hmm. He's giving you length. He's giving you strikeouts. Not keep, not, he's not blowing games for you either. He's keeping you in there. Yeah, he's being reliable. Uh, he's just keeps improving week to week. So this is great. Yeah, if I would have told you that in May, that this is what he was going to be doing in August, you'd be shocked. Oh, wow. There it is. So the Reds game already started. And guess what happened? Ellie fucking struck out. How about it? How about it? Oh, God. Two strikeouts all ready to start. And I said this kid would have under five and a half strikeouts for his first start. <sighs> oh, well. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Mm -hmm. But it's not over yet. Um, so, yeah. Andrew Abbott. This is, this is crazy, too. 12th through 15th start. He had one really bad start. Mm -hmm. And that was against Washington. But aside from that, five and two-thirds, two innings, five innings, two innings, four innings, three earned runs, kept you in it. But a guy who made his 12th through 15th start, again, what I mean, what more could you ask from these kids? And even the times where he's not pitching too well, it seems like he's making in-game adjustments. So he's doing those things that are normally like reserved for more experienced pitchers. And yeah, performing uh, in this very infantile stage of their major league careers at such a, a high degree. Yeah. So. And we were screaming for like a starting pitcher at the deadline. And now it's proving like, look, it, it hasn't been great, but it's not been the source of our problems. Yeah, it would have helped. Uh, but when the offense is, is doing what it is or isn't doing, it, no amount of starting pitching can help that. No. You have to you you can uh, you can allow one run in six or seven innings, but you need to score two. Yeah, and they've been getting blanked at times. Just been having like so few hits uh, in a game, and just not being the rally Reds. They've they've showed glimpses, uh, especially in the Angels series. But even yep. then, a lot of it was really uh, gifted, and even the win they had against uh, the Diamondbacks, although it was one of the most entertaining and wild. Yeah, just up and down games that I can recall in recent memory. That was still like, it wasn't like they were dominating a team th throughout, you know, most of a game. Yeah, one 
hundred percent, and they were slumping. Yeah. We should have gone, and we should have split that series. Yeah, I'm in a great opportunity after you sweep the Angels. Like, okay, let's get back on that horse. Let's be the Reds that everyone knows we are. And then, oops, we you know yeah. drop three or four against some starting pitching that hasn't been good. You didn't even they didn't even see their best pitcher in Zach Allen. No, <laughs> that's what's that's what's. That's what's the most frustrating about that snake series is like you 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 could have split, but you got owned by a guy whose name is P Fat. Yeah, man, dude, that was that was an opportunity blown, and they have another great uh, series of opportunities coming up here against the Giants and the Cubs, uh, and they can't perform the way they did against uh, those slippery little snakes. No, or uh, you know, there, there's not going to be a postseason. No, Hunter Green, um, man. Last two starts have been complete dog shit. Uh, Arizona, three and two-thirds, five earned runs, four strikeouts. Um, and then the Toronto, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. But when you see oh, when you see the repetition <clears throat> come again against a much weaker offensive team like the Snakes, you makes you wonder what the hell is going on. And I think you were right, buddy. He's tipping his pitches. Mm-hmm. I think there was something, at least from what I was observing, it seemed like it wasn't necessarily uh, how effective the, the spin rate or pitch was. It just seemed that the pitcher wasn't fooled even before it, it left Hunter's hand. So I think there might be something there that the, the offense might know about Hunter's del- delivery. Uh, also want to point out that in that Toronto, his first game back, there was a series of poor errors that the Reds did have to extend his first inning. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I fully anticipate him, you know, writing this, but I do think, like, right now he needs to figure out what's going on because, yeah, I do think he's doing something that the offense is picking up on. Now, I'm going to throw this up so you all can take a look at it. I also think it's how he's tunneling. Yeah. So, when you look, everything that is coming high and inside, mm-hmm. he's going high and inside, or if you're looking at it straight on, left of the plate, high outside corner, and then he's dropping that slider down and in. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two places where those two pitches are going, and you can tell by where that chart is and where he's living with the strikes here for the fastball, and then everything change up here. Mm-hmm. There's a there's literally one, two, three, four, five up in the zone. Everything else is down. So when you're tunneling like that, and you're thinking fastball, and you're swinging high and inside mm-hmm. or high and outside, you might hit it. Yeah. But then if you're thinking slider, low and inside or outside, and you swing there, you're, you could hit it. Because guess what? That's 100% of what he's doing. Yeah, uh, so it, the sequencing as well. Yeah, the tunneling, all that. It's that was all great points, Billy. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. I've been uh, I've been stewing on that yeah. and so excited to talk about it. Not in a good like excited like not in a good way, but like, dude, you've got to change your approach. I get that you've only had two starts back up, but if 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 he does this again, fuck, he'll get shelled. Yeah, I mean, if they aren't being, if they aren't confused at the plate, I mean, you can just put it up on a, on a tee for them because if they're able to break down, okay, if it's up here, fastball here, slider, like it, they can already determine 
what the pitch is going to be. Yeah, because you've got guys like Jack, like Jace Peterson going in there and being like, oh yeah, if it's up and I see it coming and it's not doing this, then it's going to be right here at 97 and I'm going to hit a triple. Mm -hmm. it, it, that, and you just got owned by some vets and that's what happened. And hopefully him and DJ can make that adjustment going into his next start. Because if he does it again, I'm telling you, this is going to be the same result. Yeah. He needs to uh, fix something here. Fix it. Fix it. Because he's the dude. Yeah. He's the dude that we're like, we drafted all these college pitchers because we know, again, it's the same type of situation. Low floor, high floor, low ceiling. We know we're getting. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, you know, like with Spencer Steer, or Matt McClain. Like, that's it. Ellie is the example of that for the field, where it's like, that's the Ferrari. Hunter Green, the guy that they gave the extension to and expect to figure out and learn, mm -hmm. your, 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 your ceiling's so high. Mm -hmm. We saw it at the end of last season. But right now, he's not living up to it. I know. I get it. It's only two starts. But it's two starts when you're a game and a half from the wild card and you are a part of a squad on this. You're a part of a department on this team. Yep. That's doing pretty well and keeping you in it. And it's like you're the guy that's expected to be the potential one. And right now you're not doing it. Hopefully, I hope he turns around the next start. But it's just it's a bummer. And and when you look at it, that's that was ash crap. That was, sorry, geez. That was Hunter Green's 40th start. As yeah. A pro. So uh, yeah, I, I anticipate him like correcting this. Maybe picked up some bad habits in his rehab uh, assignment. So yeah, there's something here he needs to figure out. I, I anticipate that he will. But uh, and I and I do put it kind of on the ownership as well because I do feel like they should have gone out and got an additional starting pitcher, and that would have taken the weight off of what's going on here. Because we said it before, it's like. He's not going to come back and be 100% Hunter Green. Yeah. It'll take him, when we say, two, maybe three starts. Yeah. So this is not not anticipated. But, yeah, we'll see uh, how he is uh, next start because, I mean, a lot of his stuff wasn't necessarily bad. He just needs some minor tweaking here. Yeah, just just approach, man. Just approach and where you're putting the putting it, man. Or where, you're, where you they think you're going to put it. Just that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And if we can see this for free on the internet, they better have it in their back end. I'm I sure. Or I swear to fucking God. We're I'm, coming at you. I'm coming at you with spreadsheets. I'm going to strangle you with Joey Votto's shirt. <laughs> okay. And I've got, I've got an Ethernet cord. He does. I've got, I got, I got, we got plenty of them. I got a couple of them. Uh, the bullpen. Look at that usage. 11th most in innings in the month of August. 93.1 innings pitched. 22nd in case per nine, 15th in ERA, but ERA for a bullpen, you, you can't really evaluate it too well. Mm -hmm. But this is crazy. 23rd in left on base percentage. That's bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Which then it shows the glaring weakness with this bullpen is you don't have your stopper. Yeah, um, they do not have like the reliable setup to the Diaz. They don't have that reliable guy that isn't their closer at this point where you feel 100% confident in that this person is, they're going to get a ground ball. Yep. They're going to get this person to strike out or this lefty to strike out. Um, and we're also even seeing stuff as we can't rely on somebody to come in and just throw strikes. Yeah. 
because we had the bullpen uncharacteristically walk three guys back to back to back and ended up being the deciding factor that ending of uh, the game. Yep. And that and that was again Eat Tang and Sims. Lucas Sims. It's just like man, that's like the big thing that's missing. Mm-hmm. That and a true setup guy. Those are the two things missing out of that pen. But overall, man, this once you take those two, you take out that 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 glaring hole mm-hmm. and you you remove it. They aren't a bad bullpen. They're just average. No. Um, they've been at the top of, you know, the league a lot in, you know, uh, productivity with their numbers. So, yeah, they've been overall pretty good. Yeah, and this is from a month where they had a lot of usage, a lot more. The more you use your pen, uh, the more yikes it becomes. So, uh, but I mean, like, I, my, my take on this was we thought going into this year, this was going to be the glaring problem. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. They are league average. You can say there's some nights where there's fault, but there's also, like you pointed out, there was a stretch this month where they didn't have, they didn't give up a run in 15 innings. Yeah. Combined. There's just ups and downs, and that comes with the usage. And when you go on a long West Coast road trip like this, you're going to get burned out, especially when you have bullpen days. Yeah, and like a lot of these players seemingly are playing almost beyond their capabilities at times. When you look at the numbers they're able to string together, so it still be something that needs to be addressed later. Is having that solid setup, dude, and the other issues yeah. that we we're just talking about. But uh, yeah, overall the bullpen has been uh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, just you know some issues here and there. Sorry, I me. I'm just got. I just got really excited no. to be like, do it. Who are you paying out of here? That's the other thing. None of this has cost you anything. These are all dudes. I've been waiver claims, other like just other dudes they've picked up from organizations, um, or like Fernando Cruz, Daniel Duarte, um, grown homegrown or organizationally grown. Mm-hmm. A lot of this has just been a, a mismatch and kind of a philosophy that they want with their relievers. And now, go moving forward in, in the next season, you go okay. This is going to be easy to plug and play and fix. Yeah, hopefully, and maybe they can shift some pieces around here and get some like really, uh, I don't know, talent that is just more reliable for like these higher leverage situations that this team is going to see a lot more of in the future. Yep. Oh, one hundred percent, man. Like looking at it overall and looking at this this month in a capsule and pulling back. You are seeing what we still talked about at the beginning of the year, which is this is a year where they're trying to find out what they've got. Mm -hmm. It's just like the early Braves onset with all those kids coming up. They're like, all right, this is what we have. And then now they'll be able to go this offseason and say, this is what we need to win in 2024, 25, 26, 27. 28. Those are a lot of numbers and years together. Yeah, these guys are all just building the resume to then apply for the jobs that they're seeing that are or aren't available for the next upcoming seasons that they have here. Correct. Oh, God. Stuart Fairchild with an error in right. Good God. Come on. Yeah. So glad he's back. You concussed okay. bastard. You know, Stuart Little. Dirt, dirt, little. Wow. Oh, God. Look at that. Marte, Senzel, De La Cruz, K, 
K, K. So we yeah. talked about Matt McLean. Alex Young is—he's got some left hamstring tightness after a couple appearances. He will—he's um, not going to throw for two or three days, and then he'll be back. Mm. He'll be back September 9th. Joey Votto already covered that. Kirk Casale. This is so funny. Here we go. Had his rehab assignment with AAA Louisville halted after six games on August 24th because of an illness. Yeah. You know what that illness was? Uh, pink eye? Not being on the roster-itis. Ooh, girl. Jonathan India. After taking batting practice at Angel Stadium on August 22nd, uh, he left, started working out with the team's complex, and Goodyear. He he began running on an anti gravity treadmill machine, and we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's the foot's not great. Jake Freely already covered that. Kevin Newman, um, who knows? Uh, we we don't know. Yeah, he wasn't expecting to miss much time. Oblique strain. We don't whatever. Uh, T.J. Antone ex- is extending his uh, rehab assignment. So. Hopefully, he's back like next week. That'd be nice to have. Yeah. You know, it'd be really nice to have Nick Clodolo. Yeah. He's going to New York for a second opinion on his foot. <sighs> With More his, bummers. Because he, they found a another stress reaction in his left tibia. Remember when we were so certain like this was just going to be like a week or two situation <laughs> when we talked to that one guy we were that one drunkenly doctor. at a bar and we got bad intel? God. Fucking doctors. This is why I don't trust them. That's right. Can't trust get me to trust a doctor. Tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it really sucks. And this team was banking on Nick Lodolo coming back. This front office was. But you know what? They chose to just stick with the plan and run this out. And winning was just a side product of this year. Yeah, I think they were looking at like, dude, this is just house money at this point. We're living almost on borrowed time. This is great. We didn't expect to be here. So let's just let it ride. You yep. know, let's not invest any more in, take any more off. I mean, you, I understand wanting that to work out. But I mean, these were the things that we talked about. Other people spoke about. Um, they didn't improve some of the issues. And now we're at a point where it's not coming to fruition, where the people that were expecting to come back healthy at 100% aren't healthy or at 100%. To state, to follow up on what you just said with playing with house money, Mm. you're going to be more right because guess what's on the whiteboard? What's that? They passed your season win total for the year. Mm -hmm. They passed Alicia's season win total for the year. Mm -hmm. My bet cashed out that they would win over 65 and a half games for the entire season. And... I said they'd win 69 games. If they're going to win one more, two more games, they, they're going to do it. So they're going to clear what we all expected. So, yeah, I mean, the front office didn't do anything. Kind of a bummer, especially when the Cardinals are having a down year. Yes. And uh, we can get into that once the season's over and really break it down. But... Overall, yeah, I've kind of res- I've resembled myself to the fact that we do need to take a deep breath and go, we are- we aren't even supposed to be here. Yeah, we're not supposed to be here right now. Uh, yeah, this is amazing. It- it's one of these things where you just get so excited and caught up in the moment. 
uh, that when you take a step back, like this is fantastic yep. for you know the Reds organization, for these young players, for the fans. Uh, I cannot wait for I mean the upcoming series here, but mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see how they can put together you know uh, an entire 162 game season together and yeah. see you know what they can do then and how they should properly build the club moving forward this offseason which then that is something we will do after the reds make the playoffs correct stay optimistic mm -hmm. that's all we that's all we can do all we can do is we can choose to be optimistic or we can choose to be like well, we didn't do this we didn't do that which we did mm -hmm. totally guilty of it but right now i am choosing to be optimistic this team is flawed this team is fun but they're going to be really good for a long time yeah they're going to be really good for a long time. Really fun, really exciting. And we got some of the biggest series that uh, we've seen in some years coming up here uh, this week. Yep, we've got uh, three at the Giants, which is currently happening right now as we're recording. And then tomorrow morning, you'll know the result. Um, and then uh, another one at 9.45 against the Giants on Tuesday. Wednesday, 3.45 at the Giants. Off day Thursday, which is huge. When you go into a stretch against two of the hottest teams in baseball right now mm -hmm. four spot against the cubbies yeah three spot against the mariners day off home against the lowly cardinals but that stretch between the cubs and mariners boy howdy that be scary yeah and friday is a double header so that's going to be uh, a really tough weekend there. And, again, the, that's the team that's uh, one of the couple now at this point that's ahead of you for the last playoff spot. Um, the Reds can string some wins together here and cut down the players that are just ahead of them and squeeze in. Yep. It's very possible. Yep, that's it. They control their destiny. Uh, I think this is this is the, the true crux for the rest of the season. Because mm -hmm. you've got – these. this is – this is, I think, what you have left of the other teams in front of you for the rest of September. Because I, oh, you've got the Cardinals to close it out. And then, do, 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 give me one second. Do, 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 I'm going to find it. Do, 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 pulling it up right now. I pulled it up. And mm -hmm. now I'm in September. So, yeah, then the rest of the month. Three at the Tigers, three at the Mets. Those are two not good baseball teams. Three at home against the Twins, who are not very good away from Target Field. Then three at home against the Pirates, who are, again, not very good at baseball. And then the 26th, 27th at home uh, at the Guardians. They are not good at baseball. Then you close out the season with three at St. Louis, and they are... Not good at baseball. Not good at baseball. So you got to take care of business here, go on a run, and just plow through September if you have aspirations of getting into the playoffs. But that just all depends on if we're ever going to hit again. Mm -hmm. So let's round through and for home. What do you got, pal? Let's do it. Um, I got some shows coming up here. I'm going to be... Fuck, I'm gonna be somewhere. I can't remember. I know I got something coming up. What do you got? The uh, yeah, we're gonna be somewhere together, pal. Oh sh yeah, we got the live pod coming up. Oh whoa whoa whoa! Oh yeah, next a Thursday we're okay. gonna be at Lost and Found together. That's right. 
So that'll be fun. Yeah, I haven't been there in a minute. That's always a, it's a fun venue, great show. Uh, come on out if you're in uh, downtown Cincinnati yeah, that night. It's 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll remind you again next week. We do have one other thing together, though. What's that? Live podcast recording of the new Nasty Boys at Binsky's Bar! <laughs> Saturday, 1.30, us... Danny Rocket of the San Ranto Podcast and the Bleacher Bum Band. <laughs> Sky Rosa Malort Luges. Cincinnati Handjobs. Mm-hmm. Fucking Hootie Delight. <laughs> Baron Jaeger with hot sauce. Seven bucks. The show's free. We're going to have cool stuff <laughs> in the clutch gift cards. What? We're also going to have merch that you can buy from us and probably Danny too. 1.30 p.m. Binsky's Saturday. I'll be selling loose cigarettes on the street. <laughs> Don't look at me. Dude, they do that at Binsky's. You're good. Oh, cool. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, then come on yeah. in. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's a big one. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you to Sports Drink for hosting our podcast Thank you to In The Clutch. Check out InTheClutch.com. 25 or 10% off using the promo code. We give you $100. We give you $100 to buy one shirt. <laughs> mm. Nasty boys. All caps. 10% off. And then, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining me again as always. Anytime, buddy. Thanks. Been a good time. Thanks, co-host. Yeah. And thank you for watching and listening. And as always, go Red Legs. Go Red Legs. Ha, 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 ha.